I'm Jason Ariola, and this is Rock Out with Your Card Out. For the next couple of episodes, we're going to be listening to the soundtrack from Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shiny Pearl, which is probably pretty obvious based on the uh, you know the art on this thing and the title, because yeah, that's just how these things work, right? Right. Anyway, I was originally trying to get this down to like just one episode, but it got into the uh, the tracks got into the twenties, and I was like, you know, what? I think I might just be a little too long for one episode. And I decided, you know what, let's just go ahead and split this up into two parts, be a little bit more manageable and listenable as far as that goes for people. And I just was like, yeah, you know, I think I, think I can do this. The first thing we're going to do is go over the composers that are credited on this. Now, I did just pull these credits up, and I'm not 100% sure, like, who worked on what as far as the, you know, rearrangements on these go. But, you know, I thought, like, let's just go over the credits, and we'll kind of go over the previous works of the composers and we can kind of figure it out one by one on maybe who worked on it and some of these might just be honorific credits of sorts. The first person is Shota Kagayama. Prior to joining Game Freak, he worked at Procyon Studio where he worked on the soundtrack to Luminous Arc and Super Smash Bros. Brawl. While he didn't work on the remade tracks near as I can tell, he was one of the composers on the original version of Diamond and Pearl. Aside from those, he also worked on the music in Heart Gold and Soul Silver, Black and White, X and Y, which might be my favorite soundtrack out of all the Pokemon games, and Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire. And also, let's go uh, Pikachu and Eevee. Kagayama left Game Freak sometime in late 2013 and is now with Spica Musica. He's maintained a good relationship with Game Freak all in all and still comes to work with them, so maybe he did work on this one? I don't know. It's a little too early to tell, uh, you know, just based on how quickly this game, or not how re- quickly, but how recently this game came out. Sometimes that sort of stuff doesn't get to the surface until later. Next up is Junichi Masuda. Junichi Masuda has been with Game Freak from its start way back in 1989 and has worked on most, if not all, of Game Freak's games. He's been composing music for the Pokemon series since the beginning. He also did some programming on the original version, has directed and produced entries, and named a large number of the Pokemon, and is also now a member of the board of directors at Game Freak, meaning he's uh, one of the uh, five richest people on the face of the earth with the whole Pokemon license thing. (laughs) Not really, but yeah. Go Ichinose is another longtime member of Game Freak. His first credit over there being the music on Bazaru de Gozaru no Game de Gozaru back in 1996. He was brought over to help on the music for Gold and Silver and worked on all the mainline entries from there through Black and White 2. Ichinose took a bit of a break from Pokemon for a few years, but came back for Sun and Moon and has been uh, back composing ever since. Next up is Hitomi Sato. Sato started working at Game Freak during the development of Pokemon Crystal. Her first contribution for the soundtrack was in Emerald, doing one track, and ended up doing most of the music on the original versions of Diamond and Pearl. While initially brought on as a planner, something she still does, she's worked on the music for every core Pokemon game since then as well. And lastly is Morikazu Aoki. Aoki started with Game Freak, working on Gold and Silver, and worked on the series up through Emerald. Hitomi Sato was asked to contribute to the soundtrack for Emerald after the departure of a team member, and I think it's safe to assume that Aoki was the team member as he would end up leaving and working for Alpha Dream, the now-defunct developer of the Mario & Luigi RPG series. Where he is these days, I can't really say. His credits seem to have dried up in 2018, with the remake of Bowser's Inside Story being his last credit. I'm also not sure if any of the music he contributed gets used in these remakes, or if it's more the Pokemon cries he helped design that are still being used, and that's why he's credited with this one. Which, if that's the case, is an unusually nice thing in the video game industry, as even my beloved Falcom is rather terrible at uh, keeping the sound designers well-known and for what they've done, and at least crediting or back-crediting them for things they've worked on. And with that, why don't we go ahead and move on to the music itself. The first track we're going to be listening to is Twin Leaf Town Night Version. (laughs) 
this is something I felt Pokemon games have always done really well, is just give you that sort of like home feeling. And uh, the night version in particular of Twin Leaf Town, I think really kind of does that very well. It's very just nice and just makes you feel like you're at home. It just it gives you that like warm, fuzzy feeling when you're listening to it. All right, next up is Lake. That was Lake, and yeah, I there's something about this one. I think it's just the tinkling piano that really kind of does it for me. Just really sets a nice, peaceful mood, and that's the sort of thing you kind of want on a like you know shimmering lake music. I would say the original version didn't really catch me. Actually, I'm going to be completely honest. The original version of the soundtrack didn't really catch me at all. I think it was just the early DS programming just just didn't really catch it. There's just a lot of it. I'm like, ugh, you know, it, it sounds a little too similar to the Game Boy Advance, and as I've mentioned before on this podcast that I'm not a big fan of the Game Boy Advance sound. It always kind of sounds muffled, unless I guess you really program around it. I've heard some Game Boy Advance soundtracks that definitely work around that, but uh, a lot of Game Boy Advance soundtracks don't do it for me, and a lot of the um, Pokemon Diamond and Pearl and Platinum music just didn't really do it for me. And I spent like a hundred something hours playing Platinum, so yeah, you know, definitely... uh, it's definitely not that I didn't give it a shot, but that was definitely a game that uh, had its uh, sound turned off and ended up being a podcast game for me. But yeah. All right. Next up is the Pokemon Lab.
Now, I don't think I need to qualify that I like this or any other track for the matter, because, you know, I parsed down a 170-something uh, piece soundtrack down to, eh, like, 20-something tracks, and I think the reason I picked these is because I like them. They're my favorites. No, not, I think that's the reason. That is the exact reason I'm doing that, you dummy. Anyway, so the thing I really kind of enjoy about this is that, like, just kind of slow sort of build up with the like kind of heavy lead piano there and it feels like it's building up to something but it never really like gets there where it crescendos and explodes or anything like that and i kind of just like the build-up thing throughout the whole thing because it's the pokemon lab this is the build-up section to your adventure like yeah you've had a few things happen but you get in your pokedex and then getting sent on your journey like that's the big impetus for the whole thing and it kind of just really sets that mood very well again i wish i kind of liked the original soundtrack a little bit more maybe it would have appreciated a platinum a little bit more but just also the gameplay and that is so slow like it takes forever even if you you know do a crit hit and a super effective attack like it just takes forever for that life bar to go down and it makes it almost unbearably slow at times so yeah all right anyway next up is um something you're going to be hearing a lot of in this and that is a battle theme and the first one we're going to be listening to is the trainer one Really hard to go wrong with that battle theme i just i love that thing and i think my favorite part of this version in particular is about a minute in when the like the big horn section comes in it just yeah just this nice little kind of toning down a little bit but toning down of the tempo and just kind of keeping things i guess like if you're in if you're if you're in a battle at this point like for more than a minute maybe this is gonna be a little bit tougher so it's sort of like a breathing space there like hey okay calm down think this is what you need to do or you know it's just you've got some random trainer who's got six Pokemon and you're just like, oh, come on, I can just plow through you real easy. Let's just get through this. And maybe it's just making you 
stay on target. I don't know. But yeah, I've always liked the uh, I've always liked most of the battle themes, and you're going to be hearing a lot of those throughout these two episodes because that's just what I'm going to do. <laughs> so yeah. All right. Next up is mystery gift. one of those themes that i've liked since god i think it's maybe in ugh, god did it start next and why maybe i don't know i don't know when that theme really started because i i mentioned this before but you know i don't expect everyone to have listened to every episode of this podcast at this point but i think um well x and y is kind of where i came back into the series i played religiously for the first generation and just completely fell off the edge of it and just like lost interest and did not touch it again. I played Diamond and Pearl for a little bit, didn't like it and just shelved it and never touched it. And subsequently kind of kept buying the games in the meantime, just in case I ever decided to go back to them for whatever reason. Cause that's just kind of the person I was, am maybe, I don't know. I think I'm getting over that finally as I near 40, but whatever. And I had hip surgery and I just decided, Hey, you know what? I want to play Pokemon X and Y. And I got into it and just really played the hell out of it. And it kind of clicked and I've been back on Pokemon basically ever since. But yeah, this, uh, this theme in particular, it's, it's always sort of just epitomizes what I feel is like the strong point of Pokemon and it's just this like happy feeling. Like I think it's another reason why I like Pokemon games so much is yeah, there's always some sort of dark world anything, but you know it's always gonna turn out for the best in the end. And, you know, it's just I, I like the dark games, you know, Tactics Ogre is my favorite game, and there's a lot of dark shit that happens in that game, but uh, you know, Pokemon's just always this nice, lighthearted adventure where everything's going to turn out well, and you know you're going to be the hero, basically. It, it, I don't know. I just I kind of appreciate that. And I think the mystery gift it just sort of epitomizes that feeling very well. All right, next up is Route 203, nighttime version.
through most of these two podcasts. It's uh, going to be the nighttime versions we hear, and I think I just like them more. The city ones seem to be a little more peaceful, and the, um, I want to say the route ones, they, they have a, they're a little bit more full at times almost. I don't know, maybe it's just they add something to it. Like, this has the, uh, you know, the saxophone in there, or some sort of, you know, brass instrument like that, and it just sort of, uh, I don't know, it, it adds like a little bit of a smoky, like, nighttime vibe to it that I dig, and... Other than that, I can't really pinpoint why I specifically like the nighttime version of this one more. It just sort of clicked with me a little bit more. Anyway, next up is, um, well, I guess the next three, uh, is a little bit of a gauntlet of battle themes. So the first one we're going to listen to is the Gym Leader version. I think really sells just how not like importance but like how big these things are in this one is just that real heavy percussion in there it is just like you picture this gigantic drum somebody is smashing and it's just like yeah there's a whole lot of whole lot of concentration you got to go through with these gym battles and granted there's not really actually a lot but most of them are pretty uh pretty much a you know the blow them over pretty quickly without much uh without much work but yeah it's just you know it's it's nice to have that feeling and something to kind of supplement the intensity of those moments that's supposed to be there but you know if you're a 40 something year old dude who kind of knows just how to you know plow through gym battles it's not really that big a deal <laughs> but yeah you know I, I just kind of appreciate that that adds a little bit of gravitas to it all right next up is the team galactic grunt version of the battle theme <laughs>
Okay, well, not a huge departure from any of the other battle themes. I think the thing that really does it for me in this is the the keyboard. Really, I think it's what it boils down to. Is it kind of makes me think of Matoy Sakuraba's like style, which is you know very prog rocky infused. Now, this is obviously I don't want to say really structured and doesn't really strike me as prog rocky, but there's just those little bit of hints in there that I'm like, oh yeah, I kind of dig this. This really makes me feel it. The orchestration on it's pretty good too. It, so it's just sort of this combination of like having a good like building block to work off of and then adding that little bit of organ in there that I'm like, oh yeah, hell yeah, hell yeah, this is what I'm here for. <laughs> All right, and the last one of this mini gauntlet of battle themes is the Team Galactic Commander version. So everything that I said about the uh, Galactic Grunt version it really kind of holds true for the uh, Galactic Commander version, and it's just they're kind of turned up a little bit, not like you know to eleven or anything, but it's got a little bit of that prog rocky feel to it with the uh, you know the keyboard mixed in with the sort of like rock symphony thing going there, and I just really appreciate like how cool that is, and you know again the battle themes don't really need to be as intense as they are and i just appreciate the work that uh, everyone involved uh, really puts into them just to really make them rock in sometimes all right next up is something a little bit more toned down and also not a nighttime version and that is route 206 daytime version
I mentioned before on other episodes that I really like soaring sweeping stuff, and that sort of really uh, is what this uh, route is going for. The nighttime version's a little more subdued, and I think normally, again, I kind of prefer a subdued thing, but with this one, it just worked a little bit better for me, and I just really appreciated what was what was being done here. The, just the sweeping orchestra, and like I said, just that feeling of like soaring. I, that's the best I can describe it. Like I said, I'm not really great at describing like what works in music to a point. Like I know what works for me and why like certain sounds do it, but I can't say like, oh, well, you know, the, it, it, it's this staccato on da da you know, it, it, I'm not. That's not me, and I don't think that's what you're here for, honestly. But yeah, you know, you're, you're here for whatever the hell I pick. I guess I don't. I don't know why sometimes you people are here, but I really appreciate it that you are. All right, so let's go ahead and get on to the next one. That is another night theme. That is the Hearthome City nighttime version. <laughs> Another good peaceful town theme, but it also, just because it's the nighttime version, has that little bit of like a smoky kind of jazz vibe to it that I really dig. And, you know, normally, again, jazz kind of isn't my thing, but it just kind of works here. I think it's, again, because it's structured. Again, I, I really got to, I guess, specify that it's just like freeform jazz that isn't my thing, not jazz necessarily. So, yeah. All right, we're going to move on to the next one, and that is Route 210, and this time it's a daytime theme version.
another one of those that it just sort of really i think personifies pokemon's like adventure feel where you go out and you're on this huge adventure and you've got the whole like the whole world in front of you and you know just I, I kind of imagine like these kids like walking through the you know the the big open sky and just staring off not staring off but you know kind of looking up into the future or whatever is what lies lies ahead in their path and their journeys and it's just kind of like a nice exciting kind of feel to it and it's something that again I feel like a lot of Pokemon music does very well and this is one of those that again kind of uh, you know personifies that. All right, next up is one that is uh, completely different, and uh, I'm going to be completely honest, is actually sort of what uh, the impetus of this uh, podcast was for, and that is the uh, Metronome Style Shop, The Game Corner. If you are a uh, fan and listener and supporter of the bonus episodes of Rock Out With Your Card Out, you might know that I'm a little bit into Eurobeat for some ungodly reason still. That was something I picked up in the early 2000s and has continued to kind of stick with me. And as soon as I heard this, I was like, oh, hell yeah, this is my jam. Like, this, this is perfect. This is exactly what I want. Like a Pokemon thing with Eurobeat. Oh, yeah, we're cooking now. Now, you might be asking yourself, what bonus episodes of Rocket With Your Card are you talking about, Jason? Well, if you go over to patreon.com slash junk and kick in $3 a month, you will get bonus episodes of Rocket With Your Card Out. The bonus episodes happen twice a month. For each half of the month, I go over games that came out in the previous five-year increments. So for right now, we're going to be talking... The one that came out previously is the later half of January, and I go over the games that came out in 1987, 1992, 1997, 2002, 2007, 2012, and 2017, and put together a uh, five-hour long playlist. Now, those episodes, I don't really do a whole lot of talking. I tell you about the uh, the mu- or you know the composer, the developer, the day the game came out, and the console it came out or platform it came out on and play a variety of tracks from that soundtrack i don't obviously do nearly as many tracks as i do in like these but for each game individually but i do quite a bit like you know sometimes sometimes there's seven or eight and most of the time it's like two three it just kind of depends on what catches me and how big the soundtrack is and also uh, how much time i'm kind of crunching on if i have time to listen to the entire soundtrack or if i'm just kind of uh, skimming we'll say for uh, stuff that catches me pretty quickly for that same three dollars a month you will also get a handy catch-all feed for all the podcasts i do that is also at a higher quality audio rate than you'll get in the free feed and that same three dollars a month i know there's a whole lot of bonus stuff here for that three dollars a month so i think you should uh, jump on that we got quite a few people who do and you get the bonus segments of multimedia failure my video game movie podcast i do with john lucero 
and Vanessa Cahill. And you will also get the Games and Junk Game Club at a higher quality audio rate as well. Now, the higher quality audio rate, of course, is probably more pertinent for this podcast, but, you know, it's always nice to hear stuff in a higher quality audio. And also, I tend to throw a lot of music in the Games and Junk Game Club podcast because, you know, just sort of what I do. And it's just a, a nice excuse to listen to sort of like do a, like, I don't want to say a mini rock out with your card out of sorts, but sort of, uh, I put a it's not a long podcast it's normally like an hour and a half or so but i like putting break points in there for people this way if they're in the middle of something or on a drive and you hear the music you're like okay cool i can stop here and for five dollars a month that will also get you a thank you on the show as well as everything i mentioned on the previous tier so for that i have to thank vanessa cahill john lucero alex messenger josh carpenter eric nathan cooper and michael hughes and there's a couple other uh, plat- or not platforms, uh, tiers that you can jump on. Uh, one of them is a $20 tier, which will get you a, a request as to like what game we're going to cover for Game Club, what topic basically we're going to cover for Rocket With Your Card Out, or what movie you want to be on and maybe we could jump to for you for Multimedia Failure. Now... Um, Michael Hughes actually did that, and he's going to be joining us on, not this month's Game Club that we're going to be recording tomorrow, actually, but the one after that. So, uh, again, thank you, Michael. I really appreciate it. And if you wanted to request a topic but didn't really want to jump on, you can do that at the $10 tier. I did forget to mention, we do have a Discord, and you can go there, and if you, depending on your patronage level, you'll get a different colored role for your uh, Discord, uh, Hacker Alias. I think that's what we just said on Hacker Alias. There's even a $1 tier that you can do there if uh, none of those uh, sounded appealing, but you still want to support the, sh- support the show a little bit. A dollar would really help, and, you know, if I had everybody that listened to this dollar, I'd be making, like, $12 a month, so that's wonderful. <laughs> no, seriously, more than 12 people listen to this thing, so I have more than $12, or more than 12 patrons, so, yeah, obviously. Anyway, yeah, so if you do that, you get some bonus stuff there, too, so even a dollar helps, and you get something back for a dollar, so there's always that. And even if you can't do that, you can always just share the show, because who knows, maybe, maybe you got a whale there who Who's like, yeah, I'm gonna do twenty dollars a month every month for the next, you know, X amount of years, or just, you know, you know, a bunch of people who are willing to do three or five dollars. Like, I don't know. I'm just looking for uh, any excuse to uh, not have to go back to my uh, shit gig at uh, wherever it is, and just uh, continue doing this because this I love. The other thing, not so much. Anyway, with the uh, shameless self promotion there out of the way, why don't we go ahead and move on? So the next track we're gonna be listening to is Canalave. 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 Let's go with Canalave. I think Lave might be a little bit too much, uh, yeah, I don't know, pretentious sounding? The uh, Canalave City Day theme.
outside of a Eurobeat theme, um, this track sort of has it all for my musical interests. Well, I guess outside of prog rock thing too, because it does have this little bit of like triumphant kind of sound to it, but it also has this like kind of low kind of melancholy feel to it, maybe nostalgic feel to it. And that's just something that it's kind of hard to balance that out really well without it making it seem maybe a little too overwrought, maybe a little too intentional. I think this kind of walked that line pretty well. All right, next up is the last battle theme for this episode, and that is the battle with Dialga and Palkia theme.
This one really kind of strikes me as just unsettling at times, and I think it's supposed to, because, you know, when you go fight Dialga or Palkia, the shit's gone wrong, because nothing seems to be going right there, and I just really like how it blends, like, orchestration and a little bit of, like, electronic music in there pretty well. It just really kind of settles into that thing of, like, just making you feel like things are not going well, or things just aren't as they should be. And again, you know, the whole situation, Dialga and Palkia definitely is that, so, yeah. All right, next up, and finally, is our last song that we're going to be covering for this episode, and that is Surf. I love this theme, but I question the amount of work that went into it, considering in this version in particular, you literally are surfing for like 30 seconds at a time, sometimes it feels like. I don't know how often you're actually surfing around, and you really get the sense that you needed to be surfing for a particularly long time, but it's nice and peaceful, it's just, it almost has a wintry feel to it. And this might actually get into the wintry theme, even though it's technically not a winter theme uh, episode next year, but yeah. It's definitely one of my favorites, and this was maybe like another one of those like impetus songs for this episode in particular because this and the um, the metronome style shop is kind of like are kind of just two songs in particular that I was like, man, I really like the soundtrack. I think, and then going back and listening to it on its own, I was like, yeah, there's a lot of good stuff here. I think I'm just going to do an episode because why the hell not, right? I know Pokemon Arceus came out, and apparently that soundtrack's really good too. So I'm just going to have to go dive in and check that out too. Maybe we'll get a Pokemon Arceus episode in a month or two. <laughs> Who knows? All right, well, with that, that'll wrap up this episode. Um, you know, I went through all the plugs and everything that you can go to. Um, I am on Instagram and Twitter that you can follow me, and I've got that on the show notes there. You can click over. Same thing with the Patreon. If you want to go support me on Patreon, the Patreon link is in the show notes, just right below the or the episode description, so please go check that out. I would really appreciate it. And I think that is everything. So until next time, which is probably actually tomorrow, uh, take care of yourselves, and I'll talk to you then. Great! I knew that groove was in your heart.